0: Another year and more disappointment for Iowa basketball. Another first round loss, back-to-back seasons of falling in the first round. A year ago, it was Richmond. This year, it is Auburn. The Hawkeyes, once again, can't get it done come March. We figure it out as we continue here on the Locked on Hawkeyes podcast. Our Locked on Hawkeyes, your daily podcast on the Iowa Hawkeyes. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hey, welcome in once again. I'm Trent Condon, and this is the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast. As always, thanks for making Locked On Hawkeyes your first listen every day. We're available wherever you get podcasts. We're looking for five star ratings while you're over there. And if you're on YouTube, hit that subscribe button. It helps us get in front of more Hawkeye fans. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. Well, we get started today with more disappointment. Iowa Falls in the opening round of the NCAA tournament to Auburn in a game that was wild was interesting you give up 52 points in the second half yeah you score 49 that should be enough but certainly wasn't in this one as i was never able to get off the hump and over the hump and you know i'm not exactly sure where today's podcast is going to go we're just going to talk and we're going to talk about this team we're going to talk about this program we're going to talk about the future and and where we are with Iowa basketball. Before we get into the big picture stuff, though, let's take a look back in the way that it was. And Iowa in the first half of the game, very lucky to only be down five points at the half, 31-26. They're 0-9 from three. They're playing terribly. Early on, they do exactly what I told you yesterday in the podcast they should be doing. They're going inside. They're getting to Rabracha. They're going to Chris Murray in the paint. And then they completely go away from it. And we've seen this happen so many times. With this squad this year. They do the things that make sense. And then they go away from it. And they start chucking. Now ultimately this was not a great three-pointing team. Shooting team this season for Iowa. Now overall the numbers are okay. Adequate. The Hawkeyes this year. As it's currently set up. 177th in the country in three-point shooting. That's not great. That's middle of the pack. Well, We're talking about 300 and some teams. 360 some teams now. Play Division One Basketball. Let's get the official 363. Long Island, your worst team. All right. So that's the number. They're in the middle. And yet they settle. You know, the thing that continues to drive me nuts about this Iowa basketball team and the program in general is the lack of toughness when things get difficult. Yeah, they have the comeback wins. Well, those comebacks are easy because things are going well. And and I shouldn't say easy. That's not fair. Coming back like they did against Indiana and Michigan State and Michigan. It's not easy to do. I, I shouldn't put it in that terminology. But when things aren't going well, they just will. And we saw that again from Chris Murray. In The first half of the game, he was taken out and he's settling. And, and another part that is just crazy is how it then goes over to the defensive side of the ball this Auburn team was not good offensively. They come in, rank 47th in the country in offensive efficiency. They can't shoot the basketball from downtown. They're in the 300s and three-point shooting percentage. And yet, we have a play, run in zone. Chris Murray's out on the wing. He's out on the wing, very and, and he, he just leaves the shooter wide open in the first half. It just, it's simple things. And why these simple things on the defensive end of the floor, why they are so difficult with this squad, time in and time out. I mean, we're talking about, this is youth league basketball stuff that they struggle with. I know, is there a yin and yang? And if you take away what they do offensively, and probably the work that they do offensively, is that going to take something away? Maybe. I think we can argue about that, and we're going to have a whole offseason to argue about it. But for this to happen, time in and time out, not. Getting beat physically. And that's one thing. A guy in the paint, he's got size against Rebracha. He goes up and makes a bucket. That's one thing. Physically. A guy beats you off the dribble. He gets to the rim and he finishes physically. Guy crosses you over. He hits a step back three. All right. That's fine. But the mental aspect, how this team can be continually so inept year after year after year on that end of the floor it's unimaginable how a team could be this locked in, how they could be that solid on the offense, on the floor, and it looks like they don't have a clue on the other side. And they had pressure throughout, or at least tried pressure. What did it do? Nothing. Now, this was going to be part of the fray McCaffrey era, is a pressure defense. and Going back to what we saw with Dr. Tom Davis, right? That was going to be a part of what Iowa basketball was going to go back to be. And I've made the argument plenty of times here in the past about this team and this program and what they've got back to. And that's really the Dr. Tom era. Well, after these last two years, that's not the case. Because Dr. Tom would not have lost to this Auburn team. Dr. Tom would not have lost to that crappy Richmond team a year ago. And his two stars in those two games would not have wilted the way that Chris Murray and a year before Keegan Murray wilted in the spotlight of the NCAA tournament. It's disappointing. There is no two ways about it. Chris, when the going got tough, he wasn't able to answer the bell. Now he hit a couple of shots. Okay, late in the game, as they're trying to build their way back into it. And he's done that before. But come on. In the block, mental mistakes, just things that are unconscionable for a Division One basketball team to have these kind of woes. So here's Auburn, a terrible offensive team. What do they do? They have six players better than 100 in offensive efficiency in the game. Johnny Broom, a guy that is a stiff offensively. Well, not in this one. Not in this one. He goes off for 19 and eight, 19 to 19-12. Excuse me. Along with five block shots. Little Green got to the free throw line, hit his free throws, easy for eight. All right, we did a decent job on him. Katie Johnson, come on, this guy's hitting three pointers. Trey Donaldson, coming off the bench, he's firing up three. It just time after time after time, he can't get the stops. Rabacha did his thing. Why they went away from him, I'll have no clue. I just don't get it. We told you before the game, this is where Iowa's advantage was in this game. Get the ball inside, get it to Rabacha. They did it right away, and then they went away from it, and they start chucking up garbage threes. 3 of 11 from downtown for Chris Murray. 0-1 for Perkins. 0-2 for Eulis. Eulis, he was unplayable. He was terrible. Patrick McCaffrey, same old, same old, right? In a game where Iowa only turns it over eight times, they only have 11 assists in the game on 28 main field goals. That's not Iowa basketball. Defense was awful. That's Iowa basketball. We're used to that. 11 assists on 28 made field goals, that's not Iowa Hoops. Bruce Pearl and Auburn took them out of their game. And Iowa did not have the mental fortitude, and the mental toughness to come back and find a way to get the victory. This was a winnable game. And the Hawkeyes couldn't get it done. More on this big picture thoughts as well as we continue here on the Lockdown Hawkeyes podcast. Well, as we make our way through March, of course, college basketball continues tomorrow on Friday with a lot of great basketball. We have another 16 games in front of us, and it's time for you to download FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. New customers right now, you want to get involved with this. It's a no sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets for you back. If your first bet doesn't win, take a shot. If it doesn't happen, you're going to get bonus bets back into your account. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app right now. It's safe, secure, super easy to use. It's what I do. I got a slew of picks already coming up on Friday. I'll give you my two favorites here. Two, two ones that have jumped off the page and I know I'll be playing a lot more than I probably want going forward because oh, that's just the reality of what we do here. But tomorrow, I, I like Arizona State plus the six as they take on TCU. a TCU team that I liked a ton this year. I like Iowa State. I hate to say it, laying the three and a half. Against Pittsburgh. Well, you can do that as well. Find your favorite games and jump on them right now with Fanduel Sportsbook. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with their same game parlays. Don't miss your chance for a no sweat first bet. Up to a thousand dollars in bonus bets when you go to fanduel.com slash locked on. Again, that's fanDuel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Trying kind Connor of back with you on an instant reaction podcast after Iowa falls to Auburn in the first round of the NCAA tournament. So who played well? What did we get out of this game? What, what, what is there to be excited about? What is there to hang your hat on? Well, I mentioned is good. Chris was terrible. Connor was Connor. Rebounded it well. Eight rebounds in the game. Three assists against just one turnover. Hit his free throws and had Auburn seemingly every single time in the lane as he was firing him up. Hit a three-pointer, hit a two. Kind of was solid. Perkins, not so much. 4-12 from the field, eight points. Uless was awful. Patrick was Patrick. Sanford was good. So as we look at next season, we look big picture at this program. What are they? What is this program going to be? You return next year. Tony Perkins, you hope. I like Tony Perkins. If you've been listening to us for a while, you know my affinity for Tony Perkins. More consistency? Absolutely, you hope. But that's a building block. Peyton Sanford, no doubt about it. Peyton Sanford absolutely is a guy that needs to be playing not 22 minutes a game. He needs to be playing 32 minutes a game. Maybe more than that. He needs to be out there a ton more than what we saw to him next season. Patrick McCaffrey, what's going to happen? What's he going to Patrick's Patrick. It's not going to change. I don't see an evolution suddenly happen for Patrick. He's a good spot-up shooter. That's about it. Doesn't help on the defensive end. Not good handling the ball. Not a good rebounder. Doesn't pass it well. Patrick's Patrick. He's a good spot-up shooter. That's about it. Desante Bowen, Josh Dix, we'll see. And DeSante Bowen, after seemingly outside of this game, hardly playing over the last month of the season, is he going to stick around in today's environment? That's a question. I don't questions were asked of him before the game about that. We'll see. I wouldn't hold my breath. So I was getting get involved in the transfer portal, and they bring in four new prospects for next year. Price Sanford will come in. Good prospect. We talked about Price a lot in the past. Called a ton of his games. Probably, I don't know, I've seen him. 20, 25 times during his high school career. Maybe more than that. I like Price. I think there's more to his game, at least a more well-rounded, a more refined game than Peyton was at this point in his career. He's going to help him out. Bring in Brock Harding, an undersized point guard. We'll see. Undersized guys can work in college basketball. Does he have enough? Owen Freeman, like him. It's a recruiting class. It's fine. But there has to be more. So this is the year where Fran really has to hit the portal hard. And he's tried. Now The narrative out there that he doesn't try is asinine. He's tried. You know, Fartnaz Anak, a year ago, ended up at Texas Tech. He's back in the portal, by the way. They tried. He was one of the best prospects out there in the transfer portal. They They went that route. They just weren't able to land him. Here is the good news. There is at least some NIL money here compared to what we've seen in the past. Iowa was not playing with a full deck a year ago. Now, maybe they compete. They're not going to compete with the Kentuckys and the Carolinas and the Dukes of the world, but in that next tier, absolutely. So go out there and go shopping, Fran, because you're going to need help next year. I think you need a better point guard. I don't think that point guard's on the roster right now. Euless, no chance. Nice backup point guard, but that's it. Shouldn't be a starter for a Big Ten team that's going to make a run of the NCAA tournament. He's just not good enough. DeSante Bowen, Josh Dix, we'll see. A lot needs to change for both those guys. You need to go that direction. We need help inside. We saw Mulvey, who I thought was fine when he played this year. Gundalay is a crowd favorite, but he's not good. He's a big body, that's it. They gotta go shopping for bigs. You gotta be looking at maybe the point guard position. You need an upgrade for Maryland. I mean, there's no two ways about it. Is Bowen going to be that guy? Is Dick's going to be that guy? I don't think so. Not at this point in their career. Maybe ultimately they can get there. Not right now. Not right now. It's a little bit nerve-wracking of what they're going to be. But the biggest question remains, even if they bring in more talent, they get better, right? They do those things. They, they get better. And those young guys hit. And you got to give credit to Fran because he develops talent really, really well. He does a good job a developing talent under the radar guys, guys that you just don't think are gonna hit, and he's done a good job of that throughout his career. I get him to what this I sitting here and once again lamenting another year twenty four years since the sweet sixteen so what's it gonna take? That's as we finish up here on locked on Hawkeyes and a quick preview ahead as we take a look at what the women have on tap coming up today against Southeast Louisiana and The Iowa wrestlers, pretty good start overall to the NCAA tournament. We'll talk about that when we come back here on the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast. Trey, kind of back with you one final time on the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast. As always, thanks for making Locked On Hawkeyes your first listen every single day. Make sure you check out our brand new podcast. It's Locked On College Basketball. The time is right to hit that subscribe button right now for Locked On College Basketball. Everything you need to know about college hoops all in one spot. You can hear from all the big names out there, the experts, the insiders, coaches, and players with Locked On College Basketball, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. So we're talking big picture here. We're talking big picture about what this program is going to be going forward. Well, they're bringing talent, and Fran will coach them up, and they'll be great offensively. But... They're going to be brutal on the defensive end. Year after year after year. The only times that I was finished in the top 50 of defensive efficiency in the frame of Caffrey era is when they had a good anchor on the back end of things with Adam Woodbury. and They had good per- perimeter defenders at that time. Gassell was a plus defender. Anthony Clemens, Sapp, he was very, very good on the outside. They had length with guys like Utah and on and on and on. They they had the pieces to at least make them adequate. But you get into, it needs to be better than just adequate. It needs to be more than that. And it comes down to scheme. And as I talked about at the top of the show today, it's not that they're physically getting beat. That's going to happen. And for a team built like this, that's going to happen that physically just times guys make plays. Now those guys have scholarships too, but they have to be better schematically. How many times does it look like they don't have a clue what they're doing in their zone defense? I told you the other day, Iowa has the third most zone defense run this year out of any, every NCAA tournament team. Of the 68 teams that advance to the bracket, Iowa was third in their zone. Yet they're bad at it. And they're bad at man. What's their identity? What are they trying to do? And I know I've said this before, and if you're new to us, thanks for joining us here today on Lockdown Hawkeyes. But John Beeline had a very similar program early on in his tenure at Michigan. And what did he do? He went out and he hired, for all intents and purposes, a defensive coordinator. He told Luke Yaklich, the defense is yours. And what did he do? He made them a good defensive team. And suddenly, Michigan's playing for national championships. Goes from a good program, a solid program, and they're playing for a national championship. And that's not to say that Iowa was the right defensive hire coach is going to suddenly be playing for a national championship. No, because that's not realistic either. But can we get to the second weekend? Can we win a couple of games in the NCAA tournament? Can we stop this, getting knocked out in the first round of the tournament, now losses to Tennessee in the first four, Richmond a year ago, and here to Auburn. Can we get past that? Here's the thing that's concerning. Because on the surface, it makes a ton of sense. Sherman Dillard, 67 years old. What does Sherman do? Yeah, he's got to scout every third game. Come on. I mean, I came up with a scouting report. That was pretty good. But I don't know crap about basketball in comparison to these guys that really know the X's and O's. A scouting report. I look at the sheet. Hey, don't let that guy shoot a three-pointer. Hey, we're going to do this because their post-offense isn't very good. And their post-defense isn't very good. And they struggle in this. It's, we're not talking rocket science here. It's basketball, right? What is Sherm doing? What is the last prospect that we've heard that Sherm Dillard was the one that handled? He's well dressed, looks sharp, has a good time. That's sure. But if we're gonna elevate this program, you gotta make tough decision decisions. And not only that, but here's a huge component to it. And let's just say that happens. Sherm retires, goes off to the sunset, does his thing. Okay. Is Fran actually going to bring in somebody that he's going to let actually be a coach? Or is it just going to be another yes man? Is it going to be somebody that has a background with him? From Courtney Eldridge to Matt Gatons to those guys. And not to say that them individually are yes men, but they're guys that played under them and they understand the circumstance. How about some new ideas? How about some new thoughts? How about at this point in your career, actually making? The tough choice. Something that's gonna shake things up a little bit. It's something the Iowa program needs. I just don't think it's something the Iowa program is gonna get. 19 and 14 on the year. Credit to getting here. The team I thought was gonna be on the bubble. They were better than a bubble team. Just a touch. In the tournament is an eight seed, top 32 seed. Pretty good. Pretty good. Can it be better? I think it can. Will it be better? I don't think we're going to get to that point. Now, women open up their NCAA tournament run against Southeast Louisiana. They're a 30-and-a-half-point favorite currently at FanDuel. They should run past that one and get the big victory in that one. We'll be back. We will have you covered instant reaction on that game, Around a 32 game, a Sweet 16 game, a Lead 8 game, a Final Four game. Let's get there. Positivity on the women's side because, boy, this men's team, they have me absolutely broken at this point in time. I love Iowa basketball. More than anything, it is my favorite sport. I'm a Bears fan. I haven't had a whole lot to cheer about since I was in kindergarten in '85. I'm a Twins fan. As great as a youngster, 18 consecutive playoff losses. That beats you down. Iowa football, we go back and forth with it. I love Iowa football. I love tailgating. I I love everything with it. But Iowa basketball, it's different. I don't have the same level of frustration in any other sport and any other team that I root for than Iowa basketball. And I know it can be better. And and I'm like many of you out there that want to see more. But we have to live in reality. Reality is he's not going anywhere. Ryan's going to be here, and I'm okay with that. Just would love to see just a little bit of leeway, a little bit of open mindedness for fans because I think this program can take that step under Fran McCaffrey. We're just so beaten down. Iowa women, as mentioned, they get Southeast Louisiana and a decent start overall for the wrestling team. Still going to be a very difficult. Tall task for them to get by Penn State. We'll talk about that a little bit tomorrow and over the weekend going into the Saturday and the championship round. I'm out of time. I am out of breath. I am (sighs) blood pressure elevating. We'll talk to you again tomorrow on Lockdown Hawkeyes. Go Hawks.